What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the TJ Bowser Power Hour. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser. And it's been a while since I talked to you guys last, and I apologize for the uh, little break of content there, but we are back full uh, full force now, and we got a whole slew of episodes lined up for you, and we got one, to, but one, one hell of a banger to start it off, so we got... Brandon Lane from Wrestling Ruin and Rants from the Black Lodge. I'll pop him up here. What's up, Brandon? I'm the free will burning head, turning ass, kicking machismo, dripping master podcasting mouthpiece of the Southeast, Brandon A. Lane, host of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, mere meager member of ProjectLouder.net podcast network, and one of the uh, commentary team of Wrestling Ruin. And I am very excited to be playing second banana to the lady arouser himself, Mr. TJ Bowser. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, we haven't uh, been graced with an intro like yours uh, in a while, so that was fucking awesome. Appreciate fucking that. A. So we're doing a little series called Oh, for the Love of Film, and we're going to talk about our movie collections and some of the films that we enjoy. So you have some stuff prepared for us, and our first question is some of our top 10 physical releases in your collection. Brandon, let's start off with number 10. I didn't exactly put mine in rank of order, so these could really okay. fall just about anywhere and um my criteria first of all for deciding what i added to this list is when you're a physical collector you want something that has really cool packaging yes or great special features so i think i've collaborated all my ideas into uh a very truncated list i think will be applicable for all those but i'm going to start out with one that's kind of breaking the rules because I'm going to double up and it's just because I couldn't decide which one over the other, but I have evil dead one and evil dead Two, the anchor Bay DVD book of the dead editions. And I know there's, a, <laughs> there's an army of darkness floating around out there, but I've never been able to find it. I got this actually this one, the day I graduated high school, I took the money that, you know, like everybody gave me for, graduating high school and uh, I picked this up and I picked this one up several years later and it used to make noise when you'd press the eye and unfortunately it's just uh, it's seen better days but these have been in my collection for god almost 20 years and uh, they're in pretty good condition considering and I know these kind of go for a little bit but uh, they're just they're just so cool the the artwork on the inside you know having the uh, really cool Book of the Dead. Oh. Stuff. Just, uh, you know. That's so uh, cool. Anchor Bay prostituted Evil Dead back in the day. Yeah. So many of these editions, but as far as like DVD releases, which I also have these with VHS and on Blu-ray because I just can't help myself, but I find myself very partial and just popping these out from time to time. So uh, too cool. That is way too cool. I've actually never seen those before. That's wow. That's a cool addition of those. Anchor Bay did those. They're definitely not doing it nowadays. No way. <laughs> I mean, there were there was a time when Anchor Bay was putting out like two editions of Evil Dead Part One every year, and I'm not exaggerating. Um, oh. you know, in cases and um, uh, special like snap uh, 
like clear plastic cases and the regular jewel case. It was just it was overkill, but they knocked it out of the park with that with that addition. Hell yeah. So what's uh, the next one? Next one. Okay. So I had to include a little bit of wrestling in here. And uh, Ooh. so this is uh, one of my original copies. I've had this since I was a kid back in 1992. I was in second grade, but we have the WWF Royal Rumble 1992. This not only has cool packaging, but this was a significant moment in my life because growing up in the South, I was always a JCP and WCW guy. Yes. Well, this was around the time I started paying attention to the WWF a little more regularly. I love the Macho Man, but having my man, woo, Nature Boy Ric Flair, yeah. and uh, he won the championship uh, at this event. The cool thing about these big WWF boxes back in the day. If you'll notice, I don't have the inserts anymore, unfortunately. The thing's, you know, 30 years old. But there would be yeah. like a chain or a keepsake in here. Oh, okay. And then in the spine, there would be a rolled up poster. Man, I wish I still had those because I could be sitting on a gold mine if I did. Uh, but this is a, it's just a cool piece of artwork. You don't see this yeah. level of dedication put into things anymore. Everything's Photoshopped. And I mean, I have a degree in graphic design. But this is a little above my pay grade. I couldn't draw to save my life. And so I'm envious of anybody that can draw. Actually, shout out to Corey Kaufman, who just gave Rance a brand new piece of awesome, awesome artwork. uh, You know, so I feel I feel a little more in line with uh, stuff like this. This was uh, the hallmark of, you know, the VHS days. You go to a store, you saw these things and you just had to know what was going on on the tape. So Royal Rumble 1992. That would be my next addition to the collection. Now, so, yes. <laughs> Not necessarily ranked, but your eighth pick. What is this one? Sentimentality goes along. Okay. And, uh, but at the same time, I am a big lover of So Bad It's Good. <laughs> I have a huge collection of really bad movies, you know, the giant claw, um, most of Ed Wood's films. And uh, these days it's all about Tommy Wiseau. So I have a autographed copy of the (laughs) masterpiece (laughs) that is The Room. And uh, if you can get it in here. Love Tommy was so from back in. Yes. <laughs> that is what's excellent. great about this is not only is the Blu-ray autographed, but there is an insert. And oh. my friend, this is aside from all the wrestling things I have, this may be the most homoerotic thing in my collection. <laughs> we have a five by seven autographed picture from Tommy. <laughs> Love is blind. Um, seriously. If, if, those of you who have never seen this movie, it lives up to the hype. Um, this is a this is a drinking game delight. Like if you play the rules, every time there's a picture of a spoon, take a shot. I mean, you'll be six sheets to the wind like five minutes in, and then you'll be playing, you know, the puke game probably by the end of the, <laughs> end of the night. Uh, moving on. Yes. This is actually the first Blu-ray I ever purchased, and that would be the five-disc edition of Blade Runner. 
specifically, I had to get a, a PS4 because I, I really wanted a Blu-ray player, Blu-ray player when they first came out, and um, unfortunately, I was a little short on cash, so I was like, if I need to double up on a game system to kind of bridge the gap. So I got this the the, the same day. Uh, the pack-in movie was Spider-Man Three, and I cannot tell you how disappointing that was. So yeah. my hands on this was a just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, Ridley Scott, terrific director. But the thing that makes this worth having is that you're getting all of the different incarnations of the film, the work print, uh, the final edition. I prefer the theatrical cut. I love the narration. But there is an amazing documentary on here called Dangerous Days. And it, it just chronicles how big a pain in the ass this was as far as making film. Um, now, I've never made a film. I've worked uh, on short films and things like that. I know how so many things go wrong over over time, but this is a next level case of perfection. Um, I think Kubrick would have been in envy of the the links that they went to to make this movie as you know cinematically perfect as it is. So uh, Blade Runner is not only a great film, but this is just a definitive addition. So you pretty much recovering all the bases. Gotta love Harrison Ford. Gotta love Harrison Ford. All right, uh, I like yes. to keep up with what's going on. You know, more contemporarily. I mean, a lot of my collection is just old school stuff because it's stuff I grew up with. And, you know, the, you have the, the kindness of time to kind of keep you into things longer, but every once in a while you want to check out something new. So I tried to be a little, have a little bit of variety. This is my favorite movie. Of oh, the past okay. 10 years. <laughs> it's a Canadian film called Turbo yes. Kid. Yes. I absolutely love this film. Michael Ironside plays a, a menacing villain. Um, and this is like Mad Max with a dirt bike. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's uh, this uh, this young lady right here is a, an android and she's very attractive. And I feel weird about that. But I just I, I love this movie so much. Um, when I first saw this um, production design on that film is incredible. It oh, yeah. Is, oh, from, my from, God. From, from beginning to end, uh, the, the use of the budget uh, to elevate it. And uh, some people might see some of the things in here as kind of hokey, but I think it adds a lot to the charm of it. But the first yeah. time I saw this film, I I, I was I, a little bit of a preface. I used to work uh, in the media. I worked in the newspaper business for God, like over a decade. And a guy I worked with got a screener copy of this sent to him. And he's like, hey, man, you got to check this out. So I kind of sat on it for a couple of days. I'm thinking, like, how good could it be? And boy, was I mistaken. This is my favorite movie of the past 10 years. And I've probably seen this movie 20 times now. And uh, actually, one of my um, my great hopes is we have a really awesome local here in Tennessee, uh, like kind of an art house, second run cult movie theater called Central Cinema. Shout out to them. And we're really hoping really hoping I can twist their arm into showing this because it's kind of on my bucket list. I have to see Turbo Kid in the theater. So this is a high recommendation for me. And it's just got cool packaging. I know, yes. I know I kind of harp on that, but just having... Side-loaded slipcover. Exactly. <laughs> and this is loaded with... What a fold-out. So much <laughs> special features. I mean, there's three discs. I mean, one's, one's a DVD, one's a Blu-ray, and then, you know, it's got a... Uh, 
a special feature disc and it's just tons and tons of stuff and when you're investing in film yeah uh, to me i feel like you're you're doing it for two reasons you're doing it because it's a movie that you're you know that, you have to have in your collection that but reminds also, me of that uh second sight dawn of the dead set that just came out not too yes. long ago yeah I don't, I don't have that i do have the dvd uh, set oh, from okay. Like, okay. Like 15 years ago, <laughs> I have it on. I have it on Blu-ray as okay. well, but I don't have that fancy ass set. Uh, that's that's okay. on my list. And speaking and a little detour, but man, what about that trailer? What about that trailer for um, right? the amusement park? I'm so so hyped for that. Big Romero fan. Yes. But, uh, check out Turbo Kid if you've never seen it. I, this edition in particular, it's from a company called Epic. Uh, you can okay. find their website and. Um, I, I believe they're the same people who distributed uh, to hell and back the Kane Hodder documentary. Mm. Um, so there's some good stuff on their website. If you want to check them out, free plug. Fucking a. Okay. Yes. This, moving on. This. <laughs> and put into context, this is, this yes. one falls a little more into the packaging end of things, but. Okay. Okay. A few years ago, when I say a few years ago, like a decade ago, there was a series on <laughs> Showtime called Masters of Horror. John okay. Carpenter, Toby Hooper, yes, yes. Uh, on down the line. They, they, was, the first season is terrific. Almost every episode is amazing. You get that amazing Takashi Miike episode that was banned, that it's not even in the box set. You had to buy it separately. But then they released season two, and it's not as good. But, man, they nailed there's another Anchor Bay, another Anchor <laughs> Bay set. Hell? Check this out. Oh, and the disc are on the inside. Now, there is one negative to this. Some of the episodes are single disc and some of them are double disc. And when you're trying to get them out of here, you got to have, well, this one is the, it's another Michael Ironside episode, the V word. Um, that's rad as hell. When uh. there used to be a really awesome shop locally called the Rhythm Section, and they had awesome things. And um, they're, they're still there, but they've consolidated a lot of their things. And there's just not the – they don't have things like this anymore. And I saw this, and I was like, I don't care how much it costs. I have to own yeah. this. So – you know, it's the one thing that on the shelf, like really stands out. Like uh, people will peruse over here and they'll come to the, the area where the skull is like, Ooh, what's that? Masters of Horror. <laughs> let's, let's watch that. And then I have to explain to them like, well, it'll take us 20 minutes to figure out what episode you'll yeah. see, but the packaging is cool as shit. So check out Masters of Horror. The uh, episodes are actually free right now on Tubi. Oh, okay. I think most of them, I'm not sure about the, uh, the dream cruise and uh imprint episodes from Takashi Miike because they were banned and they're awesome by the way if you haven't seen them a big uh, Miike fan All excellent right. now we're getting we're getting down to the to the nitty-gritty oh, uh boy. one of one of my I probably if you were going to make the case that I am a hipster, which I, I don't agree with, but if you're going to make the case for it, the most <laughs> hipsterish thing about me is that I am a laser disc collector. Okay. Fair enough. So I have a, I have a, I have a huge laser disc collection. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've cherry picked specifically one because it's uh, both in line with uh, you know the horror aesthetic, but also. Okay. Yeah, but ask the question. But ask the question. Uh, is it Carrie? It is not. It is not. Okay. Uh, Carrie actually is my favorite all-time favorite horror movie. But specifically, the reason I have chosen this is because this is the highest quality version you can get of this cut of the film. This is a Nightmare yes. on Street 5, The Dream Child. Now, of the original five, I would probably rank this at fifth. Yeah. Um, specifically because our buddy Mick Strong didn't work on this one, obviously. Yeah. Um, his sister did, though. Um, but yes. this movie... <laughs> this movie... Uh, on VHS and on Laserdisc, uh, were, was released unrated, and mm-hmm. there's uh, you know a couple minutes of deleted that bike scene. Oh, absolutely! With Danny Hassel just getting the mm-hmm. shit rammed inside of him, it's very Cronenberg esque. Spoiler yes. alert: We'll talk about Cronenberg a little later on. Um, but um, this is the highest quality version of this film mm-hmm. you can get. Now I've been working with a, with a tech guy and we have officially stripped the file off here and we're cleaning it up and we're just trying to find somebody who has a, um, a Blu-ray burner so we can burn it, burn it to Blu-ray. And, uh, I'll be, I'll be offering those files for free because I'm not going to make money off of this. I feel like this is, if you know, new line, isn't going to give mm-hmm. us this movie on at least on DVD unrated. No. I feel like somebody should. Shout yeah. Factory, Scream Factory, balls in your court. We'd love to have a a, a nice Blu-ray set, but I did see that Topaz is offering an like an enhanced visual thing that allows you to upscale uh, audio files, and Ooh. it does it runs like an artificial environment and cleans up everything. I, it's quite it's quite pricey, but I'm sure there's some uh, other ways of acquiring it that are probably less, let's say, legal. But I have seen it in action, <laughs> and if it got into the hands of people like us. We would not need a lot of these boutique peop, uh, people out there. Yeah. Let's say like, okay, some people are saying it takes it takes a week, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One person with a workstation in a week's time who just was like, okay, I'm going to let it run. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> and then wants to share that, like, especially stuff like that, like extended cuts that we will never see physical releases of <sighs> something like that. Like that's a perfect example. I mean, this is the gray area that, you know, people like us collectors operate within whenever they don't provide us with ample. I, or, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big purveyor of the preservation of film. Yes. Now, I just want to yes. state, state this for the, uh, for, for Absolutely. the record. I am not personally a huge Zack Snyder fan, but I am overjoyed that the Snyder cut got released because those people who weren't to see it, it's available to you and it's not yes. lost to time. So that's a big win. Now, just recently, Screen Factory released an awesome 4K edition of Event Horizon. We want the Event Horizon cut. That's the holy grail of, yeah. of uh, lost cuts, uh, and you know, as far as the forefront right now. But um, I, Laserdisc is awesome. Uh, the cool thing about Laserdisc is that, aside from just having cool cover art, this isn't probably the best example of awesome cover art. No. But Back before DVD, this was how you got special features. You know, yeah. this is the Houdini music video. And like, who doesn't want to see that? You know, I mean, <laughs> as I say, there is a version of Carrie that has like a special commentary that's only special to the Laserdisc version of Carrie. 
and all, i was hearing it's, yeah it's on my dream list um yeah okay I, I do not I do not own it i actually do know somebody who has a ripped version of it but the uh the syncing is a little off so uh, um i mean i could probably fix that if, if the you know time and effort were to be put into play but i just made a point to talk about screen factory and yes. i know this is something you've got and this was this was a lifetime coming Ah, yes. The Friday the 13th Screen Factory box set. Absolutely. Encapsulating all of the Friday the 13th films from Paramount and from Screen Factory. And I know a lot of the later films kind of get a bad rap. Jason X included. And I know we're both on the same page. Big defenders. Yeah, buddy. Goes yeah. to hell. Um, and Speaking I, of that, shout out to our friends Edwin Samuelson and Peter Brackey, who helped uh, actually had a big right. hand in that box set right there. And Ed helped with the uh, restoration. Well, not restoration, but the recovery of those lost scenes in part two. Oh. He's he's directly responsible for finding the VHS tape of Alice's extended death scenes. So like the day I got this. Yes, I had to work that night. And my my day job, for those of you who don't know, is I run a year round haunted house. October is busy, busy, busy for me. I get this in October and I'm like, I'm going to be a little late to work today because I have to watch part two. And uh, just seeing those new scenes was just absolutely yeah. amazing. And the booklet in here. It's just a nice addition. I Mids, love it anytime yeah. that they they go to the trouble of talking about different aspects of the film. And I know this is sort of a truncated version of Crystal Lake Memories, which was written, written by Peter Brackey, which I also own. Amazing, amazing, amazing combination of, you know, years of, you know, collected works and, you know, interviews and stuff. But it was – Paramount has always done a shitty job yeah. in – preserving Friday the 13th and all the box sets. I have them all except for the, the Blu-ray set that came out before this, because yeah. at that point I was so pissed off. I was like, I don't care. I, I don't even want it. But uh, I actually had uh, specifically ripped uh, editions uh, from other countries where each movie was available yeah. on its own because I don't like those double discs sometimes. Fuck I, that. Fuck that. Yeah. I just want I just want each movie getting its own you know day in the sun and especially Jason X, which uh, that was only available I want to say in Germany. Uh, and I'm like, man, I, I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars for a, for a German Blu-ray, yeah. but I'll spend, you know, over a hundred dollars for this entire set. Today. So Friday 13th fans, this is, this is the pinnacle. And I'm assuming yes. that eventually we're going to get a 4k set and I'll be well, owning up the money for that. I will have to say, this is one of those situations where they scanned all these fucking films in 4k, I believe. And then they're like, okay, we're going to put the 2K scans on the 1080p discs and we're going to release them. And then you guys are going to buy them either a year or two years from now. It's going to be the same thing. I Whatever, whatever, if, if as long as the attention to detail is there that they put into yes. this set, they will absolutely get my money. And for the most part, Scream Factory does an, an excellent job. Have you checked out the coloring on part six yet? I, I I watched part six when it, when I very first got the uh, the disc, um, mm -hmm. but no, I I didn't really notice. Graveyard scenes huge, are a little bit huge. brighter. Hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, well, now, well, now I'm going to have to pop it in and then scrutinize <laughs> it to death. I did get the replacement disc, and, I, and, and uh, big ups yes, to them yes. on offering those because my my part three did Of have... all the fucking films, of all the films they could have messed up on, I yeah, popped no. the first disc in, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, something's weird. And I look over on, the face, on Facebook and on, on the groups, and I'm like, oh, there is something weird about it. And all hell's breaking loose within like 48 hours. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> There's I, no arm snap. <laughs> let, me, let me pop out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw yes. this one in as a bonus. Yes, because the- this does have the <laughs> arm snap. Yes. And... The open mat version. The open mat. Uh, this is a high quality blue uh, Blu-ray bootleg. I have actually a few of this uh, this company's outings, and uh, as far as something that has not been mass produced, uh, this this is an absolute must-have. So, yeah, yeah. big shout out, Adam. Uh, thank you for making this movie. Uh, I saw this at the drive-in as a kid. It scared the bejesus out of me. I love the part with the woman where she's naked for a long time. That was a big, big deal when I was in third grade. So thank yes. you so much. I got to be the envy <laughs> of my classmates all because of this film. <laughs> that movie, I feel, bridges the gap between Evil Dead and Friday the 13th so well, like feeling-wise. It's just, oh. It, oh, and there's some hidden in there, I guess. <laughs> I, I I had Jack Shoulder on on the podcast, and I didn't ask him while we were interviewing, but just in just general conversation, um, I asked him if he was aware of the similarities, and he's like, "Yeah, I heard about it. I don't care. They can make their money. I made my money." So, Hidden's a great movie. Also worked on by your good money, uh, uh, yes. Mick Strawn. So yes. everything inter- interconnects back to Mick. It, it was funny when we uh, approached Adam about that the first time. He described it as I uh, I kneeled down and Mick pushed him over me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but onward and upward, what's the name? Okay. The namesake of this podcast being the Black Lodge. Well, everybody who's in the know knows that is a Twin Peaks reference. Now, oddly yes. enough, in the four plus years of this podcast, we've never done a Twin Peaks episode. And that's that's an entirely different story in of itself, because um, when it happens, I, I feel like I it's got to be so comprehensive and in depth and I don't want to have to be perfect. Yeah, it has to be perfect because this is not something you can just casually talk about. There's so many ins and outs. I agree. But I waited my entire life. That cliffhanger. How's Annie? Where's Annie? And it happened. It happened again. Twin Peaks season three. Yes. This is another instance of like Twin Peaks is not my all time favorite show, mm-hmm. but this is my favorite season of television of all time. I have okay. never, never experienced this level of excitement. Um, I, I, I know I'm not exaggerating the eighth episode. I got cold sweats because I was like, what is happening? I just couldn't, like, I, couldn't comprehend, I could not comprehend what was going on, but this is another instance where the packaging is just so yeah. interesting. And it was actually designed by David Lynch himself. So here okay. you've got uh, evil coop and uh, over here, you've got uh, regular coop. And then in the middle, you've got Dougie uh-huh. Jones. So it opens up and 
you've got those wonderful, you know, that is, black lodge uh, chevrons and, you know, all the, all the discs are, are inside and minimal, very minimal, but very clean. And yeah, David Lynch is such an interesting character in of, in of himself. Now who dropped that? What company? What company? I, I'm not exactly sure who released this off. As uh, uh, Showtime uh, produced it, but I want to say this is like a CBS okay. release because I think they own Minority Stake in them. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but uh, I know David Lynch designed the actual. I know packaging that, uh, for it. Fire Walk with Me is released via Criterion, I believe. It is. I own that and. Okay. That was the holy grail for the longest time because Firewalk with Me was the sore spot of a lot of Twin Peaks fans because after the show ended, you're thinking like, okay, we're going to get some resolution. Nah, David Lynch doesn't work that way. And the movie was in its scope was so broad that when it got edited down to a theatrical length, they left out so much stuff. And that's both uh, both narrative things and both sort of side character uh, just building the the world up so the benefit to the criterion collection of fire walk with me was that for the first time legally we had all of these um deleted scenes um and a lot of that yes. stuff actually plays directly into this season because this this is a, a Lynch. <laughs> this is a series. This is a series that out Lynch's Lynch, if that yes. makes sense, and it's it's very much in the vein of Firewalk with Me. So, if that's not your cup of tea, uh, this season is probably not going to change your mind. But this is this is two thousand one meets fucking uh, Blue Velvet meets. Uh, a Cronenberg body horror nightmare. This is this is everything that I love about comedy, horror, drama rolled into one, and a hell of a packaging. Um, before we move on from this, yes. I, I watched this season religiously when it when it first came out, uh, physical, mm -hmm. uh, because the whole thing about rewatching Twin Peaks is going and finding the details that you missed the first time. I got so obsessed with this that I actually took notes so detailed that I could write a book about this season. So one day there will be an episode of France dedicated uh, to Twin Peaks and probably specifically just this season. But uh, time, time being the issue, I this is like an 18 hour, 18 hour long movie. And how do you, part of that down to like a three hour episode. It's just impossible. But th this is get, shit. Uh, audio tapes of you doing long watches, rewatches of Twin Peaks on Rants Dark, Rants After Dark. Actually, you, you just go slowly crazy from watching David Lynch material over and over I again. I <laughs> thought about doing uh, maybe a little at a time doing yeah. watch alongs with like the episodes. But even then, there's so much so, to talk about. Yes. How do you how do you cram that into just the, the scope of an episode? But yeah, I love David Lynch. Uh, he's a, he's my holy trinity of of directors. And a little later on, we'll get into uh, who I rank yeah. as number one, number number one A, number one B. But uh, my we'll final, my final. Oh, look at that one! Now this is. Uh, this is a story in of itself. This is okay. the real Ghostbusters complete series 
released on DVD. And if they ever release them on, on Blu-ray in a set like this, I'll be the first one to get it. Now, but. for people who don't know, your love for Ghostbusters and real Ghostbusters is intense. Um, if you take a look around my room, there's really only <laughs> two things represented. Friday the 13th and Ghostbusters. Yeah. Those those are my things. But yeah, Ghostbusters is everything to me. Now, okay. this set has just, you know, the awesome firehouse yes. aesthetic. And you've got a, a oh, lenticular wow. slimer right there, if I can get it there into it the frame. Yes, we got her. But inside. Oh, Yes. You've got a nice Fantastic. booklet uh, about the making of the series. The big thing at the time was this bonus disc. This is the uh, first time that the promotional pilot was made available. And okay. before they had the characters uh, sort of off model of the actors from the films. Uh, oh. They did the promo pilot, so they're a little more in line with their uh, film counterparts. But the cool thing about these individual sets is they're all steel books. So if you had oh, these just on, on the shelf by themselves, they're just really nice yeah, uh, collector yeah. pieces. And, you know, you've got all the disc in there. And in the... See, now that's something I never got into is the steel books. I love steel books. Yeah. I I, I kind of look at it this way. Okay. Uh, until a comprehensive Criterion-esque Vinegar Syndrome collective mm -hmm. version of it, this is like the best just regular version you can get. And, okay. And even sometimes uh, I know that um, uh, Screen Factory has done a lot of uh, Blu-ray uh, steel books. Uh, books as well so they're just cool but you get these nice production drawings on the inside yeah um, okay the, uh, the trays and another big reason why this was a big deal and this was released by time life who has sort of like been the tv version of criteria in a lot of ways and what i mean by that <laughs> is a lot of older shows will have licensed music in them. And when it comes to releasing them on, on the disc, uh, they don't want to re up the rights for those things. So mm. the Beatles in like the, the wonder years, they're not going to pay them an outrageous amount of price. So what time life will do is like, they'll reacquire all the music to the letter, but then they'll charge it arm and a leg and produce way lower, uh, you know, sets to make up the, the gap. So, the story behind how I got this is uh, is sort of an interesting thing as well. I'd had a really bad day at work. I came home and there was a package sitting on my doorstep. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man, did I get drunk or something? Because I, I had no idea what it was. And I opened it up and I almost cried because like I wanted this so bad. But yeah. at the time, I just bought a new car. And I'm like, I can't justify this because I want to say this was like $400 when it came out, it was, it was pretty pricey. Um, and for the longest time, I could not find out who bought this for me. So it was like this long running yeah. mystery, but then come to find out, uh, shout out to Brandy Rogers, uh, an old, old friend of mine, uh, just, uh, show, showing pity and it's like, man, I've got extra money. I'll buy it for you. I've never That's been able so cool. to repay that kindness, but, um, this will never leave my collection when I'm dead. It will be burnt. So no one else can enjoy it. God damn it. This is mine. And it will go to, to heaven or hell with me <laughs> to the, the next, uh, level of ether. 
<laughs> but love, love the show, love the show. Um, one of the uh, most popular episodes actually done of rants. It was a retrospective we did of the um, the series, and uh, we were lucky enough to get Maurice Lamarche, who voiced Egon, to to do an introduction for that. And his association alone gave us this you know big pop in in viewership. So that's my my top ten releases. If you want to categorize them, because I could probably go through my collection right now and 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 find twenty different things. It was like, oh, why didn't I include that? But uh, I know we've got some other uh, categories we're going to be discussing. So, Proceed. yes. Favorite movies you discovered in a VHS store? So uh, I don't have nearly as many VHSs as I do Laserdisc. Um, I had a huge VHS collection at one point. Uh, VHS was, you know, the preferred method of viewing as uh, as as a kid for me. And I grew up at that pinnacle where there was both mall and paw video stores, but also there was the bigger chains. So I feel like I had an even kill of like musical and, and video taste, but uh, I always tended to go a little bit more on the B side. The things you would find at mall and paw video stores were just more interesting. Mm-hmm. So, this is not a, a an endorsement uh, intentionally for uh, Project Louder's uh, show uh, called Ghoulies Unflushed, but <laughs> this is one of my all time favorite yes. films. I absolutely love Ghoulies, r- little rubber monsters coming out of toilets, biting people's assholes. This is this is the stuff of just wonderful legend. Um, uh, we did an episode on this way, way before uh, Ghoulies Unflushed, and um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm ashamed at the levels that, <laughs> of, that <laughs> I don't know about this movie. But I, I've oh, yeah. th- thoroughly enjoyed their show. Uh, shout out to those guys; they do an incredible show. But to me, as a kid. This was both hilarious, but also terrifying. Um, when anytime I would go to my grandmother's house, she lived out in the middle of nowhere and the toilet was upstairs and my area that I would you know sleep and stuff was downstairs and I would have to creep up, you know, the, the creepy yeah. stairs and in the dark and I would get to the <laughs> toilet and I would open it. I was like, please don't let there be a ghoulie there. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. But this objectively, you could probably say that ghoulies too is a better film. Um, working in a haunted house uh, year round. I I certainly have a a deeper appreciation for it now, but I love just the the satanic panic aspect of this movie. This is like, this is like uh, starter Satanism. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) This is the type of thing that like, when you're like a 13 year old kid, it's like, Oh yeah, this is dark. This is the dark. Yeah. (laughs) Ghoulies, ghoulies, ghoulies. This is just a fun picture. Um, you know, Empire Pictures back in the day, they they made a lot of movies that I like. And of course, they became full moon over time. But I also love my schlocky action films. And we have Steel Justice. Now, if you've never seen this yeah. movie, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, this stars Martin Cove, uh, who would be Sensei Kreese in the Karate Kid films and more recently. Okay. Cobra Kai. This is sort of the amalgam between Rambo and Commando only on a shoestring budget and just a little racist, not, not so like cancel, not cancelable 
racism, but okay. the type of like 1980s racism that like every okay. action movie kind of because uh, it plays hard onto like uh, stereotypes. But it's so dumb that you can't help but enjoy it just for the but all the sheer ridiculousness all good exploitation it. films. Oh yeah, absolutely yes. So John Steele, our protagonist. Okay. Uh, he's a Vietnam, Vietnamese war vet, and uh, during the last days of Vietnam, uh, there's a, a Vietnamese, uh, you know, I don't know what you would call them, a a subsect that has gold. And anyways, they're they're about to bust them up, and then the war ends, so they have to start stop their efforts. So he moves back to America, and it just so happens that all those Vietnamese migrate to this one neighborhood where he lives, and they're, the Vietnamese mafia is just really bad in this yeah. suburban town. So uh, they kill his uh, his uh, his friend and his wife, and so with his uh, coral snake two step which if uh, if memory serves two step he would throw two step at you and he would bite you and then if you took two <laughs> steps you'd die um, this is this is so bad that it turns around back into just being glorious fun uh i i can't say enough uh about about this but this is this is my childhood copy i i bought this at rose's department store for like 22 dollars back when 22 dollars was a lot of money yeah and um the fact that it's still in working shape is uh, is amazing because i i wore this thing ragged so still justice it sucks <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah so favorite director and your collection. This was probably the hardest decision of these to make because uh, I, I have my holy trinity. It's you know it's Lynch, it's Cronenberg, and it's Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And when I really broke it down, Lynch made Dune, which is not very good, and I also really don't like Inland Empire. And Carpenter also made movies in the late nineties that are less than great. So I had to go with Cronenberg because. I don't think there's a Cronenberg movie that I don't like, and I have okay. quite a few of them. But in particular, I have uh, a couple here that are just uh, stand out. tasty. Scanners, I still say that this is the best X-Men movie ever made, and I don't think I'm ever <laughs> going to have my mind changed about that. Um, another Michael Ironside, he's been in a top of yes. discussion today, but those effects are so amazing, mm-hmm. and... This is the this is the movie that that made me realize that monsters come in all shapes and sizes because I yep. was sort of a snob as a kid when it came to like horror and it's like well they need a mask or they have to be deformed and this is a movie where yeah eventually like you get that awesome scene where Daryl Revick's eyes are turning white and he's you know veining yes. up and everything but this is this is a movie about even though it's meta humans i guess you could say yeah. scanners but it's this is really about the evils of humans you know and the, this is a this is a better allegory for bigotry and things than a lot of uh shove it down your throat stuff but yes, i absolutely yes. love this movie um uh canadian films that were made yes. you know with subsidies uh, i don't know how that they managed to get you know this level of quality so often but uh, cronenberg is just amazing Cronenberg, and then we have videodrome james woods be- baby <laughs> 
long live the new flesh. <laughs> I felt so dirty watching this as a kid yeah. because this is the type of movie that you would put on and your parents would come on and you get in trouble for watching it. Even though there's really, there's really not a lot of yeah. bad. It's not crash movie. bad. Yeah, no, no. Love crash by the way. <laughs> Spader. Um, but this was just so fucking weird. And this yeah. sort of like, to me is like uh, the moment where I sort of uh, took to film in a deeper way, because this movie, it has a pretty straightforward narrative, but at the same time, it's one of those where you're trying to figure out, okay, like, well, what, what's real, what's in the mind. And I got to say th this criterion collection is awesome. But it may be the one time where I think the DVD version is actually a little cooler because the case is bigger and the slip cover yep. is made to look like a beta tape. But because the DVD is bigger and bulkier, it actually looks like a beta tape. It's one of the probably the negative things that sort of dates the movie. Um, even though a lot of news places still use beta because evidently it's uh, more easier, it's easier to like recycle um, beta tapes than, than VHS. I, I'm not entirely sure, but man, this is just thing. such a weird, awesome yeah. film. And James Woods burning Deb, uh, Debbie Harry with cigarettes, like. I don't I don't really have a fascination with hurting women and I hope I never do but there's something yeah. so oddly sexual and enticing about it and it makes you feel weird and I think that's what's great about mm -hmm. film is that it can kind of push you to the edge of something without you know you go <laughs> going into it because S&M and sadomasochism is not my thing not to open up the book of like my kinks or whatever but I definitely not burn any, any chicks with cigarettes not my not my <laughs> cup of tea but this is a movie that you know you see women get you know cracked in the whip in a in a fleshy tv this this is a this is a weird movie but I, I love Cronenberg and um I really really hope that uh this new film that he's working on supposedly uh, yeah it's uh, released pretty soon because it's is it a sequel to uh the other is it a sequel to the other violence film I've heard conflicting things okay um I actually rewatched A History of Violence not long ago, and um, man, it's so good, especially considering that it was a comic adaptation for something that, you know, not super well known mm -hmm. and way ahead of the curve because that was like 2007. And uh, he's done a history, uh, not history of violence, um, Eastern Promises since then. Which I which I really like. I love Viggo Mortensen. I think that combination is just a, just a wonderful one. But uh, I've heard conflicting things um, because he's one of those people that uh, yeah he, he kind of gets on a tangent. He's going to do this, and then he he loses interest. And plus, the guy uh, he's he's a working actor. He just shows up in random like uh, you know Canadian productions just because he has free time. So uh, big much love, much love to David Cronenberg. Love your cameo and Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting Scanner Cop this year, aren't we? On Blu-ray. Oh, are we? I, I think um, we are. Oh shit! I, <laughs> I, I have Scanners Two and Scanners Three. The uh, yes, the, the double the double pack Blu-ray is out of print, and I've actually had a couple people offer me Scream Factory. Quite a bit yes. for it. Yeah. Um, 
but uh god i haven't seen scanner cop since i was i don't know probably like nine or ten years old i used to have uh, both of them on vhs at one time or another i so. watched one and two the other day and i was like yeah i want blu-rays of these these would be fucking <laughs> rad <laughs> i i there's just something about that era of of film uh, yeah, especially the B B films, uh, mm-hmm. because they're they're unrestricted. They're they're creative because they have lower budgets, so they have to be. You know, the necessity is the mother of invention, and I just I I love how they had to shoot around certain things, and yes. sometimes it, it almost creates an, uh, a style accidentally. Now that's not the case with Cronenberg, just because the guy was you know was and is an. Amazing We're talking guy. spinoff of a low budget horror series yes yes <laughs> but scanner cup it's a great idea for a movie yes. a guy a guy who upholds the law and also can blow your head up with his mind powers it's it's, it's the movie writes itself five stars yes. brennan says check it out <laughs> <laughs> so movies you love ba- only based on nostalgia <sighs> well this is not exactly a movie okay but this was if you'd asked me when i was five years old this was the greatest thing that was ever in existence and that would be the California Raisins. Meet the Raisins. <laughs> this is a Will Venton short. And I want to say it's like 28 minutes. So this is, you know, was like something they would show on ABC Sunday night yeah. or whatever. I am a huge fan of This is Spinal Tap. It's in my top 10 f- favorite films of all time. This is the claymation version of that. And... I actually rewatched this um, because I'm like, I want I wanted to be sure, like, is this as bad as I remember? And, and it is and it isn't because this was like nominated for an Emmy for for the claymation and stuff, which which is outstanding. And the music is really good. But they're trying to do the whole behind the music like, oh, this is they're the biggest band in the world. And they, they kind of went away for a while. But now they're coming back and. Uh, you're you're probably a little little too young to remember this, but when I was a kid, uh, Hardee's, um, also known as uh, Carl's Jr., would, yes. would have these, uh, you know, they're the equivalent of a Happy Meal, and they would release like a hundred of these California raisins, and it became like the big thing, like oh my god, you got to go to Hardee's to get all the California raisins, and now there's probably like ten tons of plastic in a landfill that's just <laughs> slightly purple. Yeah. Um, but uh, this this is really really bad. But man, I love it so much. Uh, this okay. is a big piece of my childhood that is just like something that uh, is so much of its time, and I don't see this making a comeback anytime soon. I, I'm sure there have been uh, moments that they have tried to like let's reboot the California Raisins, and uh, I don't I don't see this taking off ever again. So yeah. Uh, best left in the past, but uh, nostalgic memories out the ass. Rarest film in your collection. I I had a trouble <laughs> coming up with this one as well uh, because numeric values fluctuate yes. constantly. Um, the reason I came to this decision because it was just strictly on my mind in uh, you know in the past couple of years both red letter media and the nostalgia critic have done episodes on this and it be the movie freaked this is out of print uh you're lucky to be able to find a copy of this for under a hundred dollars 
Um, spoiler alert, because uh, I actually got uh, our mutual buddy Eddie a copy of this on Blu-ray, a bootlegged copy, because you just can't find uh, physical copies of this. And uh, I was in a Kmart, which was super rare, um, just killing time uh, in between uh, you know, work and going home. And they had this and I vaguely remember seeing this on like HBO or Cinemax as a kid, I pop it in and I'm like, Oh my God, this is the greatest film that no one has ever seen. Have you seen freaked? No. (laughs) It's my first time hearing about it. Okay. So you have the creative minds of MTV's idiot box. This was directed by Alex winter who would be Bill S. Preston Esquire. Um, Keanu Reeves has a small cameo as uh, Ortiz, the dog boy. But the the gist of this movie (laughs) is that it is about a former child star played by Alex Winter, who is now sort of like the teen heartthrob. And he is unscrupulous. Like he he'll take money for whatever, because he's just, you know, a vapid, you know, Hollywood type. And there's this company called the everything except shoes corporation. And they <laughs> have created this, uh, this sort of all purpose chemical called Zygrot 23. I think is what it's called. And, uh, he goes to Argentina because it's the only place they can like legally sell it because it's just toxic fuel. But there's mm-hmm. a, a, a carnival sideshow freak show down there, uh, which is, uh, ran by this gentleman right here, Randy Quaid, crazy Randy Quaid before he went, entirely crazy and uh he's using this zygrot stuff to make human freaks so he creates this like well let's remove the slip cover and i'll I'll show you some of these these wonderful creations here they're they're just absolutely amazing wow effects um screaming mad george worked on this film okay and uh it's they let him just run wild here eh, right there that's ortiz the dog boy keanu reeves he's in the movie uh for like five minutes uh because he was uh, a sag actor and uh they you know Hell illegally yeah. used him because he was just friends with alex winter from bill and ted uh this right here that's a rastafari it's a it's an eye that uh <laughs> speaks rastafarian it's just a it's just a fun dumb movie but this is so creative and um kind of a a double back to this. There's some really good um, claymation in this movie. Uh, the effects are tremendous. Uh, the comedy is is sort of similar to like Airplane or Top Secret, those um, Zucker Abrams movies. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that this is probably the funniest movie that no one ever talks about. I if if you were to hold a gun to my head and say, "What is the funniest movie you've ever seen?" The answer would always be Ghostbusters, but if I had a second pick, it would probably be Freak. So I I don't think this is even streaming anywhere, and it's surprising because um, this is uh, this was a Fox film, so technically Disney owns this now, so it'll probably never get a an actual release. It's kind of sad, but Freak, if you can find it. I, I would highly check it out. Um, I'll see if I can rip uh, rip you a copy. I'll send I'll send you because yeah. this this needs to be seen. Yes, worst film. Okay. <laughs> How do you categorize bad? Because I have movies from A to Z that are so good. You can't bad. even stand to watch it. Well, 
I own this, but I refuse to buy a, an actual copy of it. I, this was a, this was a flea market buy, um, okay. bootleg, garbage pail kids, the movie. Okay, Another film that has really interesting special effects. Uh, a lot of uh, little people in animatronic suits that are that are a lot better than this film should be. And if you'd asked me at age five, six, I would have told you that this is the equivalent of Citizen Kane or you know the Last Rose of Cairo. But this is one of the worst films ever made in okay. every sense of the word. Um, the acting is so bad it has a subplot about this kid right here um who becomes a fashion designer and he with the help of the garbage pail kids uh he creates a bunch of uh, clothes for a girl an older girl that he wants to have sex with but this isn't this is like a kid's movie so there's like yeah. some weird crossing the lines of like who are you making this for? The only redeeming quality I can say about this this actual copy is that they went and they uh, they scanned in all of the tops cards because Garbage Pail Kids started out as a a trading card series, yes. and um, they had the the novel idea of like taking sort of pop culture things and and changing the names slightly and making them just gross, and it was sort of a a uh, spoof of Cabbage Patch Kids, which were yeah absolutely huge in the 1980s but this was the sort of the boy equivalent it's gross but this movie came out way past the relevance so there wasn't an audience for it and even if there had been the script is so fucking bad that um i would be hard pressed if you have a gun to my head right now i'd have to have a few shots in me before i could watch this i i might be Begging for the bullet, so to speak. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is by far the worst movie I own. Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. Avoid at all costs. Fucking A. So, final question. What is your favorite podcasting network? <laughs> ProjectLouder.net <laughs> with a fucking landslide. Now, I was involved, I won't name who, with a another podcasting network uh, previously. And um, nope. Uh, not night and day, man. Project Louder has given me so many opportunities, and uh, I, the big thing is that Rance is going 100% in. Yes. We're giving our feed over June 1st, brand new episode. We're gonna retrospective for Mayhem, the Joe Lynch film coming up, and then we're going to be launching a new series. Uh, so we'll have two episodes a month, and the second episode will be randomly chosen with the our Spinny Wheel app of uh, <laughs> 10 films that we have uh, chosen five for me and five for my co-host fat tony and uh, we're just going to do like a watch along so it'll be just a little a little extra content to hopefully uh, lessen the blow for those of our existing subscribers since they have to you know go and re-click yeah. a couple of times but we're hoping that everybody will jump aboard and and for those of you who do we're very appreciative and for those of you who don't we hope that we'll be able to re gain that subscription over time with quality content and the connections we have at project louder you know sky's the limit <laughs> absolutely absolutely and we can't wait to uh have that switch over and everything i believe juicy kruger now redirects you to us it does uh, juicykruger.com directs you directly to our specific page on projectlouder.net you can also uh check out uh some of our merchandise at rantarmy.com follow us on twitter at rants black lodge uh, follow our other podcast wrestling ruined at wrestling ruined 
Um, uh, we're doing really well. Uh, last, oh, yes. last count, uh, 12,000 subscribers. Mind-blowing, uh, mind-blowing. Very, yes. very happy. So uh, everything's cool. Everything's great. We're just we're so glad to be part of Project Louder. And I thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is a fun little interaction. Um, next time, you should show me your collection because you've got yes. a lot of great stuff behind you. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to see. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. And yes, it has been fun. And yeah, one day we'll have to swap seats and uh, I'll do the same for you. And thank you for coming on uh, the first episode of season two of the Power Hour. And yes. And until next week, everybody. See you later. This is your host with the motherfucking most signing off.